Welcome. You're listening to sermons and talks from Providence Church in Brisbane. We believe that God speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. So we pray that as you listen, you'll be encouraged and challenged to love Jesus and live for Him. For more information about Providence Church, please visit our website, www.providencechurch.com. 2 Corinthians, verse 8. Page 804. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urged and pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us also. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion the act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving." I am not commanding you, but I want you to test the sincerity I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with those earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through you his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our Father, thank you so much that you're a God who speaks and that you have given us your word, the scriptures, the Bible in front of us, that we can hear from you, that we can have a relationship with you, that we can know how to live for you. And I pray, Lord, now as we come before it, you'll uh, remind us again about your greatness, about your glory, about your goodness to us, the gospel that, that, that saves us. And we pray, Lord, as we hear those words, as we hear about your goodness, we'll have hearts uh, that are obedient, hearts that are generous, hearts that uh, want to respond in love to you. We pray for that now in your son's name. Amen. Uh, there's a guy that I've been following on TikTok. I do have a TikTok account. Uh, a guy I've been following on TikTok, and he's on YouTube as well. His name is Jimmy Darts. Do you guys know who Jimmy Darts is? Some, some people in the room? Yes, you've heard of Jimmy Darts. He's a social media influencer. He's amassed thousands of followers because his videos are all about spreading love and kindness. And so what he does is he goes up to people on the street. He's probably got a camera hidden on his chest somewhere. He goes up to people on the street. They're, they're a bit down and out. They're struggling a little bit. You can see that. He, he, and he goes up to them and he pretends that he needs money. He'll say something like, oh, I left my wallet at home. I'm really hungry. I need some food. Do you have spare change? Do you have a dollar I could borrow? And these people that he's talking to are people that are visibly in need, these people who, who actually need money themselves. But they'll dig around in their pockets. And, oh, they'll say, oh, I have a spare dollar. You can have it. And he'll be like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're so generous. You're so kind. But hey, I don't actually need this. He gives the dollar back. He says, actually, I want to bless you. Here's $500. Here's $5,000. He, he does this sort of crazy stuff where he gives large amounts of cash to them on camera. Uh, and, and, and the person will be so shocked in disbelief. Uh, and they'll, they'll be crying, really, really touching stuff. It is really touching. I, I love watching them because you see the reactions and you, see, you hear their stories. And it's really quite touching. 
And, and he usually asks them in the video, he says to them, why did you offer to give up your last dollar? Uh, why did you offer to help me? And they'll respond, they'll say something like, well, well that's what people do, you, you give some kindness and you hope someone else will show you kindness in return. And the whole premise of those videos is spreading love and kindness through being generous. If you show kindness and generosity, you might receive generosity tenfold in return. Now that's nice, isn't it? And I think Jimmy Dice is doing something very incredible, and I think it's really great that he's, he's spreading these messages of kindness. But my cynical side of me, I do have a very cynical side, uh, thinks these videos, well, are they encouraging kindness for the sake of kindness? Or are they promoting a type of kindness that hopes you'll get kindness back tenfold? When I think about it a little bit, it's, it's a little self-serving in a sense. It defeats the purpose of what kindness and generosity actually looks like. Good on Jimmy Darts, he's truly helping people. He's, he's doing a lot of fundraising and all that. But are these videos truly aiming to show what generosity looks like? Giving so you can get back. I really want us to tackle today what motivates us to give. What motivates the Christian to be generous with their money? And we're talking about money with this series, Heart Shaped Generosity. But before you get uncomfortable with this topic, oh, the church is all about money again. Uh, no one's getting rich. No one's buying private jets, all right? Let's just be clear about that. Uh, I'm not, for sure. But Jesus, he talks a lot about money in the Bible, doesn't he? He talks a lot about money. And the issue isn't so much about money, is it? The issue is about our hearts. Jesus knows that the, that's the issue because Jesus doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. And that's why Jesus says uh, in the Bible elsewhere, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How we use and see our money is an indication of our heart. Is that, is that clear? Isn't, and isn't that true? Uh, if you're spending money on, on video games, if you're a gamer here uh, and you spend money on video games, where's your heart? Uh, if you're spending money on dance classes or on travel or on holidays, they're the things you generally love. If you're spending money... I know some people have spent a lot of money on Taylor Swift concert tickets. Wow, I was surprised how much they cost back in my day. Anyways, that, that's where your heart is. I'm, I'm sure you find joy in Taylor Swift, right? We spend money on the things that we value in life. We give to those things that we love, the things that bring us great joy. Isn't that generally true? And so we have to really think about this. How we see giving and generosity isn't it an indication of where our heart is? And for the Christian, if you're a Christian in the room, what shapes your heart? What made, motivates your heart to be generous? As we look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul, he's, a, he's the writer, he's an apostle, he pens this letter to the Corinthian church. And, and just some context, some backdrop, there's a, there's a famine going on uh, in Israel and he's doing some fundraising. He's asking for funds around churches, around the Mediterranean. He's asking for funds to be sent to this church in Jerusalem. And as we get into chapter 8, the first thing that Paul wants to see, if you're following along, uh, in the first uh, six verses, we'll have it on the screen there so you can follow along. Generosity begins with overflowing joy, doesn't it? He begins in the first few verses using, the, I won't read it all. He begins by, you can see that the Macedonian churches, they're an example to them. Now, the Macedonian churches, I don't know if you know where they are, that we're thinking the regions, if you know your Bible, Philippi, the Philippians, the Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, those are the churches that are the Macedonian churches, that's, that's what he's mentioning here. They themselves are struggling as well. And like the rest of the early church 2,000 years ago, they're probably oppressed by, hum, uh, by, by Roman taxes, 
persecuted by their neighbors for their faith, they didn't know what the future held for them. Yet in the midst of their severe trials, even out of poverty, it says, they gave. You know, there are people who are very wealthy in the world, right? The billionaires, and uh, they, they're, they're philanthropists, they give away a lot of their money they get to charity and all that, and not going to lie, they're generous. They have a lot of money, and I wish I could give away millions of dollars as well to charity. But even if they are generous in that way, giving away millions of dollars, a, a billion dollars, it doesn't impact their lifestyle, does it? They'll still have another billion dollars in the bank account. They can still live quite comfortably with the leftovers they still have, even after giving away millions. Here, what we're reading with a Macedonian church, they're not thinking about how to fund their lifestyle. They're not thinking about early retirement here. They're willing to eat into their lifestyle so they can help fund and share in the work of the gospel with the church elsewhere in Jerusalem. They saw this as a privilege. They pleaded for it. They begged for the opportunity to give what they could to the work of the gospel. Wow. Imagine that. Pleading for the privilege. Have you ever heard yourself plead or, or heard others plead for the privilege to, I want to give my money to church, tell me how I can give it. And they're begging for that. It's not the first thought that comes to mind, is it? Uh, when I think about church, over all the years I've been in church, it's usually I, I, reluctant, <laughs> obligated perhaps, but to plead for the privilege. So powerful, isn't it? What would drive them to do such a thing? Verse 2, it's their overflowing joy. A joy that comes from the grace of God and the knowledge of their salvation in Christ. When you look at verse 5, it helps us to understand it a bit more. When the Macedonian church gave, verse 5 says, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. Remember Jesus says, where your treasure is, there is where your heart will be also. The overflowing joy from their heart was in the Lord Jesus as they gave themselves to the Lord Jesus. They would give themselves first to the Lord, their time, their energy, their resources, their money, and that would overflow in giving to God's people. The Macedonians, what were they doing? They were reversing the world's priorities on money, weren't they? When we think of prioritizing our money, what do we generally think of? When we're sitting down, we're doing our budget, it's generally our first, ourselves first, isn't it? Our lifestyle. We, we budget first with the, with the responsibilities, yeah, the bills, you know, the food, put that aside, money aside to save as well, money aside for the holidays, an emergency fund perhaps, and then with what's left over, we'll consider how we can, yeah, use that for giving, donations to church, mission, charities. But look at this example. They start with giving themselves first to the Lord. It, it's the whole, in Bible language, first fruits principle, isn't it? Whatever we receive, we put aside that money that you set in your heart to give to the Lord, the first fruits, the, what you've received first, and you give that aside, then you consider the rest, the responsibilities, the holidays, the savings. Now, I get you might be feeling uncomfortable. I, I speak about this and I feel uncomfortable sometimes. And I get the climate that we're living in. We have bills to pay. Interest rates have risen. Inflation and all that, it's a tough time. I get that. I feel that. And, and I often have to ask myself, what in our budget, when I sit down with Heidi, what in our budget can I budge on, especially the wants, not needs, to continue to support God's ministry and ours to be consistent with our giving? Now, we have to work that out each to our own. Each individual, each household, you need to work that out with your family, with yourself, how, what giving looks like, the first fruits. But Paul gives us this encouraging example, doesn't he, with the Macedonians. For them, it's not how much do my wants require, 
after which I can think about giving to you. But they ask first, how much do your needs require before I think about fulfilling my wants? Uh, there's, a, there's a theologian from back in the 1500s, John Calvin. He makes the profound observation that our problem is that we think something is lost when we give it away, especially when we give it to other people. But the Macedonians here, they freed, they, they've been freed by the gospel. And so they realize that to give is to gain, not to lose, even in their poverty. I think that's quite profound because too often we think we've lost when we give away. We think giving is a burden, an obligation. We think that giving is, is something that, that, will, that, will be, that will be enslaving to us. But when we hear this example, it's liberating, isn't it? They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. It isn't just about money, is it? It's about where their heart is. Their heart is for the Lord Jesus. A heart that finds joy in Jesus in faithfulness, in repentance and obedience. A heart that overflows in joy, that expresses itself in financial generosity to God's people. That's liberating. We get to love and care for others with our money. It's not loss, but gain. A blessing. You hear that from the Bible. It's a blessing to give. Not driven by guilt, not driven by obligation, but by joy. Last week, Ross said it, right? It's an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> It's that overflowing joy, giving out of the thankfulness and joy we have in the gospel. But secondly, gospel-shaped generosity will look like love and sacrifice as well. When we go to the next few verses, 7 to 9, uh, it's, it, it, we, he encourages them uh, about in excelling in their faith. They excel also in the grace of giving. He says not to command them, but to test the sincerity of their love. He's, he's gently poking them, challenging them. Hey, you say you love God don't you? you? You say you love God. You say you want to live out your faith. Excel in that, yeah, 